Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Pew, 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 pew. What's up? I'm doing the, the finger guns at you. The finger guns. Okay. Pew, 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 pew. At me or at our audience? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hopefully you're having a good day today. It's uh, Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. That's correct. Yes. That was, that was good. We're off on the right foot right so far. We, we're on the right track. We got the right dates. And you might be, maybe right this is your first time listening to us. And you're thinking, okay, the, how low is the bar? Listen, it's low, okay? Because there was a Saturday we told everyone it was Friday and we just heard about it. So, hey, you know what I haven't gotten? I've gotten zero emails to our podcasts at compassntx.org email account. I don't have access, so... I'm blissfully unaware. They're supposed to forward to my email inbox. Oh, they're supposed to forward to your email. And I've got nothing. Well, now that you put that out there, now that we're now that you put that out there, you're going to get all sorts of emails. Spam, probably. 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 Because AI listens to things and then sends us stuff. And I love AI. I know you do. It's, it's, it's a dual-edged sword for me. I don't know that I'm... I made the comment to you the other day, and, and you said, I'm going to have to noodle on that one. And yes. I, I don't know if you've noodled on it much, but... I've been continuing to noodle. Yeah. My comment was this, in case you're not uh, privy to the conversations that go back and forth between Pastor Rod and I, which would be just the two of us. But my comment was Pretty this. sure they don't know about those. Pretty sure. Uh, I would, at this moment in time, I would trade all of the good that AI has brought to not have the potential dangers and threats that AI will create in the future. I'd be willing to give it all back for not having the potential abuses that loom potentially on the horizon should AI become a tool in the hands of the corrupt, which I think is pretty undoubtedly certain that it will. Isn't that like saying, though, I long for the days of the horse and the carriage because the car made it so that relationships became less important. You, you create accidents. You kill a lot more people. I just feel like you're, you're, the technology is not the problem. And, and maybe in some ways it is because it's all cursed by the fall, but it's not the technology. It's us and, and we're the problem. But if we could learn how to utilize the technology that God has given for the good, for the flourishing of mankind, then man, bring it on. Yeah. But my car doesn't have a brain of its own, right? My car's not going to go Terminator on me and start taking over the world. I don't think AI has a, a brain of it. And I guess it does get into the question of consciousness and what consciousness is. And we would say, I think that is where I would say consciousness is in the category of an image bearer. Fair. Ones and zeros can't have that. But if mankind, if men and women write code that gives technology the ability to improve itself, well, why wouldn't I want it to do that? It's just like looking at you, you were expressing or Amanda was expressing, your wife Amanda was expressing frustration at your robo vacuum. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it gets stuck and it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. What if it could improve itself and say, Oh, that was a wrong direction. Let me get better at sweeping and mopping the, the burner floor. Yeah. And, and that's what I guess I'm saying is my argument is I'd give that all back for the, the comfort of knowing that this is not going to end up in nefarious hands. Would you give the internet back? Potentially. I, I mean, honestly, I, Potentially. And, and that's, that's a heavier one because I, I don't, I probably admittedly don't realize how dependent, just how dependent we are on the internet. We yep. are very dependent on the internet, 
but there's something about it. There's there's something appealing about it. Okay. The final question. Are you or have you ever been Amish? <laughs> Just say it, Pastor PJ. Let me know now. So there was a period in my life where I did grow a beard without a mustache <laughs> and people did accuse me of being Amish. Uh, what was your name in your old community? <laughs> Petros. Petros. Um, yes, I see it. Yeah. No. I, yeah. It's such a weird conversation, but still it's, it's, it's relevant. It is relevant. It is evergreen. In fact, yeah. I was thinking about my, cause I'm, I'm applying to, to do a, a D men at Southern for all of you guys who care to know. And I was thinking, okay, what would I want to write on? I want to do AI. I want to write about biblical counseling in the age of AI, where you have to deal with things like, uh, uh, what's it called? DMT, deism, deistic, moral, uh, hold on. Therapeutic moralistic deism. That's the one. Did you say it the right way? I feel like that's, that's still not quite it, but that's the idea. Yes, that's the one, the one by Christian Smith, right? Sociologist Christian Smith. Anyhow, I I think that would be a, a really ripe and helpful category to explore. That'd be interesting. Definitely. And not, so aliens are not going to work their way into your they might. they might. I mean, I mean, if we're talking about AI and the AI, I mean, we live in the future. This is the, this is the future. We live in the future. You this did is send it. me that text the other day. You said, this is the future. I, yeah, we are in it, man. Yeah. Uh, the only, the, what's next? The flying car? I mean. I hope so, man. I feel gypped. <laughs> I would like the, the Jetsons promise flying cars by right. this time. We right. don't have that yet. I'd like that. Even that whole like conveyor belt, like it, that tipped him out of bed in the morning and he got on it and oh, it yeah, just took nice. care of him. Like, yes. He didn't have to even open his eyes and his teeth were brushed. His hair was done. He was showered. He was ready for the day. Yeah. But then I'm afraid about the Wally thing. You know, everyone in those Wally, Wally, those big people in the, (laughs) that's pretty good. Yeah. I I just, God made us for work. So, so so clearly there should be some work somewhere. True. And we have to recreate that now artificially by going to gyms. But yeah. Well, and the good thing is, and I, I don't mean this as the Christian cop out or the Jesus juke, but it's true. God is sovereign over all of this. So... And that's why we don't panic. So you welcome the technological advances, correct? He's sovereign even over the the the, the unwise decisions that men make. Well, as okay, well, right? No one's arguing that. So I, I'm not, and that's why I'm like, I'm not sure that this is a wise decision to that that AI is is wisdom or if AI is foolishness. And he's sovereign over both. I I, I just I'm undecided. So I'm 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 anxious. I'm glad that, that this is going to be your focus. I'm anxious for you to solve all of my problems for me. I will. And answer it I'm in, happy to uh, do that. in a way and tie up all the bows. I, I will. All of those. Great. All the bulls. Good. Good. Well, hey, let's go to Psalm 105 and Psalm 106, which is uh, our Old Testament reading for the day. And then we are in Romans 15, the first half, uh, verses 1 through 20 for our New Testament reading. Let's do it. Psalm 105. It's a long one. It's uh, In fact, there's quite a few long psalms that have, are strung together here. It's like... The psalmist is getting us ready for Psalm 119. He's not dropping the whole thing on us, but he's like, all right. Training wheels. Right. It's like, all right. Right. You need to get ready because this is going to get longer really fast. It's funny because all these psalms that are in the 100s kind of have been corresponding to our weather. I mean, 105, 103. Right. Although not today. Not today. Today's a calm and cool 97. Right. 94. 94. It was like 72 when I woke up this morning. Oh, man. This is Eden right now. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, it was nice. Um, Hey, Psalm 105, it kind of breaks down this way. So verses 1 through 3, you have the psalmist rejoicing. Verses 4 through 6, you have him remembering. And verses 7 through 45, you have him recounting. So three R's, rejoicing, remembering, recounting. He's rejoicing as he begins the way... these Psalms have been beginning over and over again with this call to give thanks to the Lord, uh, to sing to him and to glory in his holy name, verse three. And then in verse four, he calls on the people to remember God's faithfulness, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually, remember the wondrous works he has done. 
And that's what he spends the rest of the psalm doing. And it's it's pretty awesome. And it reminded me of uh, of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Different focus, but yes. just going back through yeah. the history of Israel, basically. And the psalmist is, is going through and reminding us of God's goodness. You've got Joseph highlighted starting in verse 16. You've got Moses highlighted starting in verse 26. You've got the Exodus uh, focused on starting in verse 37 kind of through the end of it. And so really he's he's kind of giving the history of how God has been faithful to call and form his people and to preserve his people and and then to deliver his people through Moses and the Exodus. So just a good psalm of calling us to remember God's faithfulness and allow that to fuel our rejoicing in his goodness. Two thoughts. Number one, I think remembering your own family story is helpful. Yep. Tell the story of how God has been faithful to your family. I think there's so many things that I don't I don't, I don't t- traditionally pass down a lot of stories to my kids for whatever reason. I, I do when I think about it, but it's not a regular occurrence at my dinner table. Maybe that's the same for yours. It would be good for you to tell your kids how God has been faithful to you and remind them and show them over and over again. That's what scripture does. It reminds us and, and scripture has no qualms about saying things that you already know. If nothing else, by way of reminder, Peter even writes. Secondly, if it's good to rehearse your own story, how much better would it be to rehearse God's story? To mm-hmm. tell our, our kids, to tell or even one another, to remind one another of how God has been good to us and what he has done through the cross and through the redemption. I know that I constantly benefit when someone rehearses the storyline of scripture in a helpful way. Yeah. Here I raise my Ebenezer, right? Yeah. You've probably sung that before. Here I raise my Ebenezer, uh, that, that till now, that it? Hither by thy grace have come. Okay. I was close. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, from that song, come thou fount of every blessing, right? And that, that line here, I raise my Ebenezer. The Ebenezer was a monument and it was a, supposed to be a visual reminder to the people of Israel of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. So, um, herein we have this, uh, this call in Psalm 105, like Pastor Rod was saying, to remember the faithfulness of God. So let me encourage and, and just reiterate and affirm what uh, he has suggested there, that this is a good practice for us. This is a good thing to, for us to do. Well, as we get into Psalm 106 then, um, Psalm 106 is recounting Israel's history uh, like Psalm 105 did, but not necessarily the good acts of God, but the sinful things of Israel. And so in Psalm 106, we get into the psalmist reflecting on Israel's rebellion and um, at the same time, God's flashes of mercy and his grace and his patience with his people along the way. And so you had there starting in verse six, we and our fathers had sinned, committed iniquity, done in, done wickedness. Um, we did not consider your wondrous works. In other words, the call in 105 is consider them. In 106, he's saying we didn't consider them. They did not consider them. They did not remember. Yet, verse eight, the grace, the mercy of God for his namesake, that he might make known his mighty power, he saved them. Um, but verse 13, they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. You've got, uh, looking back again at the same time period that Psalm 105 looked at, but here's it, it is from a negative perspective, looking at the the, uh, the golden calf incident. When Moses was up on the mountain, they weren't patient for Moses to come back down, but instead they looked at Aaron and they said, Aaron, make us uh, our gods. And you've got that whole situation where Aaron said, well, they gave me their gold and I threw it in the fire and out came this golden calf. Wow. Whoa. Just showed up. That's amazing. Um, They forgot God, their savior, verse 21, who had done great things in Egypt. Uh, They despised the pleasant land, having no faith in his promise. You remember the the situation with the spies? The spies didn't want to go in. They they doubted God's promise to go into the, the land there. They were afraid. They did not obey the voice of the Lord. They murmured in their tents. 
So there's the the uh, the rebellion, and then there's again another flash of his grace, and it's it comes in the person of Phineas, verse thirty. You remember Phineas? In fact, our, our old worship leader in California and our, our sending church just had a, a son and named him Phineas because he liked what Phineas did, right? And and Phineas is a, is kind of the man as you you read through it. I mean, he sees something God approved of him horribly wrong going on, and he takes a spear and kills two people with one spear. I mean, we we say. Yeah. Kill two birds with one stone. I mean, he, he killed two people with one spear. Yeah. Numbers 25. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe read that one uh, without your kids around and then you can bring them in if you choose. But yeah. And so there's a flash of grace. But then again, they did not obey God. Verse 34, they didn't destroy the people. They mixed with the nations. Uh, verse 40, the anger of the Lord was kindled as a result of all this so that he abhorred his heritage. Pastor Rod, what's something that you abhor? Cats. Cats. There you go. So as much as Pastor Rod doesn't like cats, that's oh. that's how God felt about Israel. I don't know. Probably more. Probably more than that because my, my hatred of cats is pretty, it's a soft hatred. It's a soft hatred? Yeah. There's, there's, there's soft edges. If there's a good cat out there, I mean, I haven't really met one, but if there's a good one, I might be interested. Yeah. It's a strong word and it's meant to be strong. It means to loathe something. And so if you can think of, of hopefully not very easily, but something in your life that you would go, man, I, I loathe that. I, I hate when that happens. That, that vitriol, that, that response, that revulsion, that's how God felt about his people because of their disobedience. And so he gives them into the hand of the nations, it says there. Uh, nevertheless, verse 44, he looks upon their distress. Uh, verse 43, the, you've got the period here where the people are uh, delivering and going back and forth in this this cycle here. Um, it, it, yet then in verse 45, for their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. God is good. And, and that's what Psalm 106 reminds us of. In spite of our wickedness, in spite of our rebellion, in spite of our sinfulness, God remains faithful and good to us. And especially for people that don't deserve it. I mean, at verse 37, they sacrifice their sons and daughters to the demons. Horrible. I mean, that's not uh, that's not like, oh, yeah, you, you kind of cheated on your taxes a little bit or you, you stole the pen from the thing. This is this is like level 10, egregious, right. awful, wicked sin. Right. He goes on to say in verse 38, they poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. This is as bad as it gets. This is the, the the degenerate nature of the nations that God evicted for these very sins. Right. So Israel's guilty of the same things, and yet, and yet, it's the but God of Ephesians 2. But God steps in with mercy, with kindness, with compassion. He does it for his sake. In fact, verse 45 struck me. Um, it hit different. <laughs> verse 45, for their sake, mm-hmm. he remembered his covenant. I thought that's very fascinating because often we see it's for my namesake, for my glory and for my honor. But here, the uniqueness of this passage is that God does it for their sake. This is them oriented. This is not God oriented, although ultimately it will lead to his glory and honor, but he does it for their sake. That struck me and that just gave me a sense of God's kindness, his compassion and his true care for his people. Yes, it is ultimately about his glory, but it's not, not about us. Right. It's about us too, but right. it's about his glory most. Right. Negatively, we often talk about collateral damage. We'll talk about, man, this happened and the collateral damage was, this also happened over here, right? right. There was a car accident, a car ran into a building and the collateral damage was, man, the, the person's office got trashed and he lost his, his possessions, whatever. We are the good collateral damage of God's God's glory. Is, is we get... The, the the benefits of him working all these things for his glory, we get some of that as well through 
statements like he just made there. Well, I think he even says it strong, more strongly. Like it's for their sake. I I, I can't help but see a it's sense not unintended. Of, in other words, right, right. It's, it's a it's a deliberate move on God's part to say I'm doing this for you. Yeah, because I love you. Yeah, and in our camp, because we're reformed and we we pride ourselves on on good theology, I think sometimes we can overstate what God overstate God's glory and honor in all things, which is right and good to the neglect of saying, and God really, really does truly care about you right. in serious, significant, meaningful ways. Right. God is love. God is and love. we are the First object of that eight. love. Amen. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verses one through. That's an unfortunate chapter 20. break right there, or, or verse break. One through 20. I mean, go, go look at that in your right. Bible. One through 20. It's like in the middle of a sentence. It's like, but as it, no, no, we're not going to, we're, you're just going to stop right there. Yeah. yeah. And the, what the, what the, it stops at a comma. Right. I do not understand. Right. Whoever wrote this thing, you're getting a letter, a strongly worded email. Not the Bible, whoever wrote the reading plan. The reading plan. Yes. Just to <laughs> be like, clear. Dear Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, Romans 15. He opens here, continuing on the theme of the week and the weaker brother. And it's it's an encouraging and uh, and good reminder for us that this is not, the, the weak are not just somebody to put up with. In other words, what Paul is saying, it's not just that you're supposed to tolerate the weak and say, okay, come on, get with it and get over your weaknesses. But instead, we're, we're to love them. Um, he talks about we're to, to, to seek to please them and not to please ourselves. The word please there in the Greek, it suggests to accommodate, uh, to satisfy. And so it's not that you're looking at them and saying, okay, you need to get over your weakness so you can accommodate me and you can satisfy me. But another, the, it's it's the opposite. He turns that on its head. It's instead, no, we need to, to seek how we might be able to accommodate them and love them in that way. Verse three, because that's following the example of Jesus. For Christ did not seek to please himself, but as it's written, the reproaches of those who approached you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction. In other words, he, here he's saying, look, the Old Testament is good. It's helpful. We need to read the Old Testament, learn from the Old Testament. And we can see these patterns there as well as here. Amen. I really liked verse seven uh, as, as a means of pleasing Christ. And so don't, don't disconnect these thoughts here. I know it's a few verses down from what Pastor PJ was just pointing out. But verse seven, um, there's a therefore, a conclusion to the thought of the idea of pleasing one another as, as Christ did not please himself, but pleased the, the Father. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. And I think there's something in here about the ministry of hospitality for mm. us. Being hospitable neighbors, being a hospitable church even, I think there's something really, really good and, and perhaps missing in the 21st century American church and perhaps the 21st century American family where uh, hospitality isn't as big a deal as it used to be. I was telling you, Pastor PJ, I, I recently had lunch with uh, my Indian neighbors. They're Hindu and they welcomed us into their home. And their hospitality game was on point. I, I felt at the end of that, that experience saying to myself, I really, I want to get better at being hospitable because they, they just crushed it. They did such a good job. Um, I found out later that if you, if you eat everything on your plate, it's a sign that you want a lot more. So they give you more and more and more. <laughs> I ate like three plates. My wife ate three or four plates and we just had no idea. We were just trying to be <laughs> gracious guests and I, I didn't know the rules. Did I know you the eat rules. them at a house at home? I, I mean, I didn't try to. They just kept on giving me more of the, the chicken and the rice. It was it was delicious. So I was grateful for that. But it was a it was an experience. But I think welcoming one another as Christ has welcomed us. If if the if the bar is, hey, how has Jesus welcomed you? 
do that. Right. It's like telling uh, the, the husband in Ephesians 5, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Well, that's an impossible standard, but that's a standard for us. We ought to do that really, really well. Welcoming one another personally as a family into our homes and welcoming one another corporately as a church body. Yeah. And something that goes hand in hand with that hospitality from the church perspective, especially is unity. And that's a big stress point in all of 14 and 15 here that he's focusing on. In fact, if you look at verse five and six there, notice the stress and emphasis on unity that, uh, that he might grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorify God, 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 the father. So the, a church that's not unified is going to be a, a church that's not hospitable either. It's going to be a that's church right. that's not welcoming a, ch- a church divisive. where people don't yeah. feel like they're, they're, going to find their own place and their place at home there. So we need to be a unified and united church. And a lot of that has to do with how the, the weaker brother and stronger brother relationship goes back, back and forth there. That's right. And on this note too, it's not like there's a weaker brother classification that this person is always the weaker brother in this situation and, or in every situation. And this person's always the stronger brother. You may be a weaker brother in some situations, but you may be the stronger brother in other situations. And this example, part of the dynamics of working the whole thing out. Um, weaker brother in regards to maybe your position on music, what songs should be sung, what songs shouldn't be sung, uh-uh. right? Yeah, yeah. But then maybe you're the stronger brother when it comes to an issue of alcohol, right? In other words, when we're dealing with gray areas within the church, where areas that are not black and white clearly defined as this is right, this is wrong, uh, you may be the weaker brother in some gray areas and the stronger brother in other gray areas. And so we need to learn the dynamics and the, the dance of community within the body of Christ to know when we are in which category and how to respond appropriately in those situations. Yeah, and I would simply add to that, every mature Christian, or even immature, I suppose, every Christian has a responsibility to inform their conscience based upon Scripture which is why we as a church have decided that we're going to read the Bible every year together. We're, yep. going to, we're going to do this as a community event because we all seek to be on the literal same page and the metaphorical same page. We want to have an ingestion of the Word of God such that it informs every aspect of our lives. And if we have a lot of the Word of God in our head and in our hearts, we're going to have a pretty good diag- uh, diagnostic conscience. Yeah. Instead of it being like, well, I'm sensitive to this or that, simply because it's a preference. If it's the Word of God that's informing us, I think that's going to be a really helpful a plumb line for our conscience. Yep. Yep. And just as as Romans 15 continues here, remember this is all within the context of the Jew-Gentile relationship primarily. The issue of eating the food came out of the Jew-Gentile context. The issues that he's been dealing with back in the previous chapters have been dealing with the Jew-Gentile context. And so in the rest of chapter 15, uh, up until verse 14 at least, or verse 13, Paul lays out, hey, look, this whole concept of the Gentiles and Jews being together, this has been God's plan all along. Yep. And he does this by going back and quoting from these Old Testament passages to say, look, God has had the Gentiles in view from the very beginning. So let's not be shocked all of a sudden that, whoa, now there's Gentiles in the church. Where did this come from? Mm -hmm. God has always had this in view. And Paul's trying to remind, especially his Jewish audience probably, that this has always been the case. Verses 14 and following, he begins to uh, start the landing of the plane of the letter, so to speak. And he's kind of talking to the church there at Rome and getting personal with them and talking about his desires that he wanted to visit them and... uh, and then he says there in verse 20, and this is a line that is, is more well known towards the end of the book, where he says, it's it's his ambition. I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. So there Paul kind of gives a glimpse into why he had not yet perhaps made it to Rome, because he was after preaching the gospel in places that had never heard the gospel before. And that's what he had been doing up until this point. And then he says, 
That's it. Period. Sorry, we can't get That's any further. That's where we stop. That's Sorry. It. Sorry. Stop it right there, Pastor PJ. Burr. Sorry. Burr. I'm the scripture police. You're going to have to see the DBR police. DBRP. Um, yeah. I was going to ask if anyone has, because you were talking about the Jew-Gentile relationship, and I was thinking, man, one of the things I love are bacon breakfast burritos, and I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> I really miss... Back in SoCal, man, I had I had my choices. There were some really good bacon breakfast burritos. So I'm going to throw it out to our audience. Do you guys have any recommendations for a good bacon breakfast burrito in the North Texas area? I'd like to know that. Do you have, have any? Have you had Rudy's breakfast tacos? I've had Rudy's breakfast bowls. I don't, I don't typically do tacos, but I had their bowl and it was really good. Yeah. But I want a bacon breakfast burrito. Well, dude, a burrito is just a taco that hasn't been completed I know, I know but it's a that that's a treat for me so if like on a normal day i'll do i'll do like the, the open face taco or the open face burrito but on a special day i'll do the burrito an open face so there's no tortilla right no i'm, I'm tracking i just I'm, I'm not tracking because what's the difference between grabbing two breakfast tacos or one breakfast burrito well i okay so i typically don't do the tortilla like 99 times at, at a right so the contents is just it's the same as having a bowl yes. so why do you want a burrito well, because I love burritos. Okay, so what's the difference? Between, I, I guess I, the, the burrito and the taco is the same thing. Hardy. No, I think the hardiness. You, it, it would take like four tacos to equal a burrito. Then go get four tacos. I don't want to do it because then I look like I'm being a glutton. <laughs> and people look down on you when you order five or six tacos. So it's probably closer to five or six. I, I want the biggest bang for my burrito buck. And that's going to provide it for me. Okay. Well, hey, hey, you guys, clue Pastor Rod into where he can get a good breakfast burrito. Please. Clearly he needs one. I really want one. Good salsa too. It needs to have good salsa. Yeah. So you can let him know that. And uh, we'll catch you again tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. See you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.